You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope, where you can belong, believe, and be renewed along the way. Okay, I've got a joke for you. What do you call a chicken crossing the road? It's poultry in motion, of course. <laughs> what, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't come back? It's a stick. What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. <laughs> I'm full of these jokes today. But here's one. What do you call a Christian who isn't loving others? You call it a contradiction. And that's not a joke. This is no laughing matter, but it's the facts that we have in, kind of have in our church world culture today is that um, it seems like loving others uh, the way Jesus loves others isn't what matters in the, in in the, in the in our Christian world right now, and so we're taking on this today. And what is love? What is love? What I mean, we're not we're not touching today on romantic love. Okay, this is not this is not that sermon. This is not that topic. This is not about that. We're talking about being a loving person. We're talking about loving your fellow human beings, your fellow man, loving one another. And in this context, how would you define love? It's, it feels like now, maybe more than ever, it's important for us that we spend some time renewing our understanding of what really matters now. And for us, what matters now is, first of all, Jesus. And we've said this. This is, a, you know, just a, we're kind of in the middle of a series we've been doing on what matters now. And, and, and you can go back a couple of weeks if you want and, and check out the sermon on how Jesus. Uh, bo- bottom line, it is everything we are and do. As, as Awakened Church and everything we are and do as Christians is based on this. Jesus is the foundation of our foundational beliefs. And here, what matters now is holiness. If Jesus matters now, then holiness matters now. And holiness means simply that God renews us to journey with him. And unity matters now. Unity matters now because division of the body of Christ is the opposite of Jesus' plan and vision. And we talked about that last week. And again, you can go back and, 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 and check out those sermons online if you'd like to, like to get a little bit more on that. And today we're talking about love. Love matters now. We stand firmly on Jesus' teaching that love is the foundation of God's commandments. And this teaching of Jesus is found several places in the Gospels. We're going to look at Matthew 22 today. So I encourage you to grab your Bible and open up to Matthew 22. And here we find that that leaders of two religious denominations called the Sadducees and Pharisees, they met Jesus and they met him there to question him on all kinds of things. And why they're questioning him isn't so that they can learn from him or to find out what he's actually all about. They're hoping to find something to discredit him. And so the, the thing about Jesus is Jesus answers their questions brilliantly. And so we're going to pick up this, this uh, story where Jesus gives us like the foundation of all God's commandments is love in the midst of this conversation that, that's, that's happening here. It's in Matthew 22. We're going to begin with verse 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. As we dig deeper into this 
teaching of Jesus today, we're going to do it with this big idea. In a world in need of love more than ever, we are where it starts. In a love, in a world that's in need of love more than ever, we are where it starts. And so when it comes to this topic, when it comes to this, this love that we show, the love that we share with each other, when it comes to who we are, first of all, you have to check your motives. If we're going to love like Jesus, you have to check your motives. Last week I was uh, trying to call a plumber. And, and I had this this issue with a, a, a little plumbing issue. And the number I had saved in my phone for the, the plumber that I had used before a couple of years ago was the wrong number. And when I got this, this it's elderly voice on the other line. It was kind of a raspy. And it took me a while to, cause to, to try and understand what they were saying. And they said, are you looking for Nathan? And I finally said, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I realized I've got the wrong number. I'm so sorry. And I hung up and I started looking up numbers for plumbers. Meanwhile, while I'm looking up numbers for the plumber, this person who I had called accidentally called me back like four times, kept calling me back time and time again. And every time I would answer the phone and they said, did you find him? Did you find Nathan? And I'm like, I'm, this is, the, I was like, they were checking my motives for calling. How often do you check your motives? Do you just do you just do and say what you do and say without even considering your motivation? Do you or do you, do you measure your motives by Jesus or do you measure your motives by something else? When the Pharisees heard how Jesus had shut down the Sadducees with his answers to their questions about resurrection and that's a whole other whole other topic, a whole other part of this conversation. But they had asked Jesus these questions about resurrection. They don't even believe in resurrection. And Jesus kind of shuts them down. And so the Pharisees now, they come and they sent an expert in their religious law to try and trap Jesus with this question. What's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, here's the thing about the Pharisees. They considered themselves experts on all things God's law. And well, they they were. They, that's, you know, they just considered themselves that. That's who they were. Experts on Torah. Like teaching, teaching that that one was only righteous if they observed, they observed all of their six hundred over six hundred written laws, and you're only righteous if you observe every one of them and, and observe them in the way they interpret them. And they also accepted that there, there's this thing called oral tradition. There, there's these, there's the written law and there's oral tradition. They also accepted oral tradition as law alongside the written down Torah. And in short, let's just say this: they were legalists. Okay, the Pharisees were legalists. You have to keep the letter of the law this this way, this way, this way, this way. So an expert on God's law from this group asking Jesus which commandment is the most important? It's an obvious setup. This motive, this motive was a trap to trap Jesus by, by having him answer in a way that contradicted with what he was doing. Here's the thing about motivation. Wrong motivation and how we treat people, uh, there's several wrong motivations. First of all is achievement. Like achievement is a wrong motivation in how we treat people. We want it like if we want to grow our status, if we want to to to, to uh, check something off our spiritual checklist. Like I, I have, I have you know I have saved you know X number of people, and you haven't saved anybody. Jesus does the saving, but but, but we do this sometimes. We have this achievement motivation on how we treat people. Another wrong motivation how we treat people is manipulation. Manipulation is when we like we'll use unscrupulous methods to get people to do or believe something. This happens in our culture all the time. It happens in our relationships all the time. Manipulation. And it's the wrong motivation for how we treat people as Christians or, and as the church. Another wrong motivation is fear. Fear, like like when we try to literally scare the hell out of somebody. It's the wrong motivation. 
Because the correct motivation in how we treat people is love like Jesus. Loving like Jesus is the only, is the only correct motivation for how we treat people. And when your motivation is authentic love, people can tell. That's because we're created, we've created a culture where we assumed motivation is either achievement, manipulation, or fear, or all of the above. So when it's authentic, people can tell. My friend Andy uh, Stevenson wrote in, in a book gosh, about a decade ago called Smooth Handoffs. Our love for God and for others, inspired by His love, should spur us on to live a life that displays grace and love. The younger generation yearns to see leaders who are honestly and consistently asking themselves, what would God want me to do? This is, this is our motivation. What would God want me to do? Now, in, in a world in need of love more than ever, we are where it starts. So we need to constantly evaluate our motives. And, and as we do, the next kind of thing I want to, I want to, uh, this thought I just want to kind of camp out on for a minute is we have to expect love to get messy. We expect love to get messy. We have neighbors who a number a number of years ago had uh, uh, they live in they have a double wide uh, modular home and there was a fire and there's actually a small house next door to them burned down and the the fire kind of burned over to their house and kind of got the side of their house on fire so their house their their house didn't burn down but it was enough fire that enough damage that there was smoke damage and everything and and the day this happened. I remember like there was this commotion and we ran out to see, you know, they were, they were out of the house by then. And, and we ran out to see what was going on and, and, um, I said, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And they're like, they're just standing here watching their, their, their house, you know, be on fire and the fire department, there doing their, their, their job to get it out. And, um, the, and our neighbor is, is in, you know, one of our neighbors is, is the husband's in a wheelchair. He's elderly, he's in a wheelchair, and he can't, you know, he can't get around very well at all. And uh, his wife says, do you happen to have any large, size large sweatpants? Because we had to get out of there, and he doesn't have any pants on. He's sitting in his, in his wheelchair with a blanket, and he's, he's out of the house. Now that, now the house is on fire, you got to imagine, he's not going to be able to go in and get pants and so I went, I went to my, I went back over to the house, which is right next door. And I grabbed some sweatpants and I brought them over and I brought over like some, some other, like some blankets and other things. And, and we just gave them to them. And we were just like, you know, here, this is, you know, hopefully this will help. And then, then, uh, you know, a while later, this was months that they did in recovery. They had, they had went to stay elsewhere. They would come back and do some like cleaning and just to help look through the smoke damage of stuff. And it was just messy to get in there. And then when, when they finally got their got it covered and and they they pulled out the modular home and brought in another one uh, in its place, but uh, you know get a brand new home here. But when they took out the old one, it had been sitting for 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 several months. You know, nobody living there, nobody coming there. It's burnt, you know, burnt and smoke damage, and uh, there was raccoons had moved in apparently because when they pulled out that, that house in my yard came out of nowhere, which had been, in, you know, apparently taken up residence here, this rabid raccoon and this rabid raccoon. He wasn't just this, you know, little cute little ra- raccoon came He was skulking around and stalking and you couldn't scare him off trying, you know, trying to yell and bang or whatever. I started to let the dog out on him, but this thing was not moving. So when he finally left my yard, you know, I just like locked the gate and to get out of here. And it was all oh, this whole, this whole situation was messy. And it was us loving our neighbors. Sometimes loving your neighbor gets messy. How do you love others through their mess? 
Well, Jesus answers the question with uh, the question of what's the greatest law? What's the greatest of God's commandments? With the greatest law is love. Love God. Love the creator of the universe with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all that you are. And not stopping there, Jesus adds a second law is equally important. It's not second in importance. It's a second law. It's equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus equates how you show love to people with how authentic your love for God is. If I one of Jesus' uh, closest followers, John, writing in 1 John 4.20, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. So if you're serious about becoming more like Jesus and being the body of Christ, like with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, it will get messy. Not always, but eventually, loving like Jesus means getting your hands dirty. We, we see ourselves when it comes to Awaken Church and what matters now and, and who we are. We see ourselves becoming a diverse community of authentic love. So, the real question is, are you willing to get your hands dirty? And in order to love like Jesus, we have to follow Jesus' model. We have to follow Jesus' model. Now, we think about this word model. I'm reminded of back when I was a teenager and we came home from youth camp. And uh, I rode with these these friends of mine from church who were brothers. One was uh, a senior in high school. His brother was a junior. And I was a sophomore. And we all went to camp together. And he drove us to camp. And we, when we came back from camp, you know, one of my, my friend James, we, we went to their house uh, when we came back from camp. And, and, and James had received this model camper award. We were talking about camp. And, you know, our, our, our team had uh, – uh, team at camp. We'd all been on the same group and we had won every kind of volleyball thing you could win because volleyball was our jam. And, but, but James had received this model camper award and I'll never forget his dad. His dad is such a jokester. He says, you know what a model is, right? You win the model camper award and a model is a small, cheap imitation of the actual thing. <laughs> now that's not the kind of model we're talking about here. When we say follow Jesus model, we're not to be a small, cheap imitation of the actual thing. We are to be we are to follow his model, what he models for us. Jesus is our model, our example of authentic love. Now, now Jesus' model is to take action, to do something, to, to put others first. Why is it often so difficult for us to put others first? Jesus says, love God and love people. The entire law of God and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. This is it. Now, the Pharisees, they were model citizens, okay? Their leaders, leaders of this denomination were model examples of knowing God's laws and being able to quote one in any situation. They were great models for the type of leaders who keep people in line. But Jesus makes a distinction between keeping the commandments and living them out with love. He's like, there, there's a distinction here. There's keeping the commandments and there's living out these commandments with love. And he goes on a few verses later, follow this story, and he should, to show that he came to be a model of authentic love. Matthew 23, 23, 2, Jesus speaking, still speaking, says, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Jesus is saying, what matters now is not how much you know, but the love you show. 
This is, this is us. What matters now is not, the lo- not how much you know, but the love you show. And in speaking directly to the Pharisees, who knew all the right answers and were very religious, Jesus says, Matthew 23, 28, Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. The way of Jesus looks vastly different than the way of these, these, these particular religious leaders keeping the letter of the law. But also, but also, we don't want to we want to miss the fact that the love of Jesus looks vastly different than the way of the culture. See, Jesus renews us to, to be authentic, to be to be authentic love. So he shows us this is kind of the way it's different than the way of culture. To have real life, you must lose it. Matthew 16, 25, Jesus says, to have real life, you have to lose that life. In Matthew 19, 21, Jesus says, to receive life and love, you must give life and love. In Matthew 20, 26, Jesus says, to lead, you must serve. This is how we love Jesus' model. Jesus shakes up our self-centered motives and tells us that following him will get messy. He challenges us to, to, to put others first, and he, show, he shows us how to do this by modeling. He says, Jesus says, just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He speaks about himself this way. Today, instead of emulating Jesus' model and getting our hands dirty, many, many people are washing their hands clean of everything they can. Let's, let's just wash our hands clean of this. And Jesus' model is to get in there and get your hands dirty. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And we are to be the body of Christ, and we have to do the same. Jesus shows us a renewed understanding of love, and, and this matters now. We stand firmly on Jesus' teaching and example that the entirety of God's law is summed up in love God with your entire being and love your neighbor as yourself. This love is action. And in a world in need of love, more than ever, we are where it starts. So I'm going to give you a very specific three steps for your next step today. Here you go. First of all, love whoever needs it. Love whoever needs it. Don't, you know, don't discriminate at all with love. Love whoever needs it. Number, step number two, serve wherever you can. You've got to put this love into action and, and serve wherever you can. You, know, you can't do everything, but you can do something. Like, like, like whenever. Whenever you can, you can't always be available to everybody, but when you can be, you can serve. And step number three, this is it. Do whatever it takes. Do what it, do. short of sin, okay? Don't, don't, don't dive into sin, <laughs> but do whatever it takes to share and show this love that Jesus has for us. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.